Teaching Ministry of Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, we thank you because thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory and it is always forever. Here this morning we welcome your presence and we know that even by your spirit, your word, we go forth with power and that there will be deliverance of Mount Zion. Those who need healing, we get healed in the name of Jesus. Salvation will be wrought in the name of Jesus. Those who need encouragement will be encouraged in Jesus' name. And all together we will lift up our hands together to appreciate you because all the glory indeed is yours. We give you all glory now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, this morning I want us to consider a popular psalm, Psalm 23. I love it. I'm sure the very mention of Psalm 23 makes some people jolted in their hearts. I mean, probably because you just read it this morning, or you are meditating on it over the night, or somewhere, some garden last week or last month, it was the topic. It's such a popular psalm, and it has lived ages and centuries, and it will live a whole lifetime. I believe in eternity we'll still be talking about these psalms. Praise the Lord. It's an unusual psalm, the psalm of David. Psalm 23, I read. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. First of all, let me say this, that this in every aspect for the time that David was saying it was a revelation. For our time, it is a revelation. And when I say revelation, I mean spiritual insight into the nature and ways of God. And what really beats one is that at that time, for a man to have such revelation, not only stunning, it's amazing. The metaphor here is twofold. God as the shepherd and God as the host, at least according to Jack Hayford. And it's clear, but not just here, all through the life of David. David satisfied his generation and the generations thereafter, even up till now and beyond our generation, with such insight and revelation of God that we'll forever be grateful for. For example, consider Psalm 1. It was David that said, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Every line is an insight. Every line is an instruction. Every line is a blessing. Blessed is the man. And so you, you can begin to understand that David's concept of man-God relationship is blessing. And you know what that tells me? He was vast with the scriptures. Look at the story of creation. Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. So God created man in his image. 
Elephant created he them. Now verse 28. God blessed them. So you can never find man relative to God without blessing. The God we serve is a God that blesses. Now that came out clearly in David's revelation of God in Psalm 1. He said, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, that stands not in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of his comfort, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And therein he meditates. Did you get that? Day and night. I mean, a lot we can stay here to talk about. But I'm just calling your attention to the fact that every of his psalm, every of his poem was revelatory. Look at Psalm 3, for example. Verse 1. He said, Lord, how they have increased who troubled me. Many are those who rise up against me. Personal. Many are those who see of me there is no help for him in God. Okay. He said, but you, O Lord, you are a shield about me, my glory, the one who lifts up my head. You see what I mean? For David, everything he was was God. He knew this God in such a way that many in his generation never knew. Let me take you further. Psalm 8. He says, oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Only David would think that way. So who have set your glory above the heavens? Now look at this. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Oh my goodness. Who would have thought that the strength of God can be harnessed from the mouth of infants? Only David. He says, why? Because of your enemies. I wonder which enemy will go look for the secret of his opponent in the mouth of infants. But David knew that of God. Reading further down. He said that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Now look at this, verse 3. So when I consider the heavens, okay, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. So what is man? Wait a minute. His understanding of the moon and the stars. He so looked at this and looked at the vastness. I wondered how he was able to estimate the distance between the stars and the earth. He said, but when I see the galaxies, some other translations put it. When I consider the galaxies, how he got to think about that? Only David. It has to be, then what is man? That you are mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him. He said, you made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory. He would always talk of God and talk of his glory. And when he looked at God and man, he would talk of God, man and God's glory. David had an unusual insight and a relationship with God that was rare. He said, crowned him with glory and with honor. Then you made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Remember? And he said, and you have put all things under his feet. What did I tell you? He was a man very vast in scriptures. No wonder we say, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord? Say, that man can really be blessed. Now, look at this Psalm 8. So when I consider the moon and the stars and the work of your hand, what is man that you consider him? And as vast as your work is, you subject everything under him. What is man? Apart from God, it was only David that would think like that. Look at Psalm 16. It opens with, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. David knew how to please God. He knew how to depend on God. David had an unusual relationship with God because of his insight. And he told us the secret. He said, let your delight be in the law of God. David. He says, my goodness is nothing apart from him. That all that I am is God. What a humble heart. What a heart of thanksgiving. What a heart of praise and worship. Look at it from verse 5, 16. It says, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. 
Whoever talks that way, my goodness is nothing apart from you. Whatever people see about me or they see of me or they see of me, but you and I know that you are the one. It says, oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. Say, you maintain my Lord. Remember in Psalm 127, and except the Lord builds the house, said the laborers are working in vain. David, I'm sure by now somebody said, if I'm going to have a friend in the Old Testament, it's going to be David. You're right. I think you're making a good choice. And if you really want to make him your friend, go read all about him. I promise you, you can read all about David and not get to know God better. You cannot. Here in Psalm 127 verse 2, it says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrow. For he gave... Oh my goodness. Anybody suffering from insomnia? Go read the life of David. He said, God gives his beloved sleep. I decree in the name of Jesus. Begin to sleep well. Let every insomnia disappear in Jesus' name. We arrest and rebuke the spirit of insomnia now in the name of Jesus. David knew all this about God. No wonder generations upon generations will still read about David if the Lord tarries. 16.6 says, The lies have fallen for me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Remember he says, Oh Lord, they are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. Then verse 6 says, The lies have fallen for me. Come on, think of it. If God himself is your life, if God himself is your inheritance, that is, whatever you have as wealth, estate, you know that they are nothing apart from what God himself has. So he is the one responsible. So it's all about him. So it's him. Though it's for your pleasure. Then why won't the life fall for you in pleasant places? Simply put, why won't you see opportunities from a distance? Why won't it be easy for you to seize opportunities and to make the best of it? Well, you know that all I am and all I can ever be is God and it's for his glory. I know somebody's life is changing straight away in Jesus' name. No wonder he was a man full of praises for God, full of thanksgiving. He's dubbed the psalmist of Israel. So he said, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Glory be to God in the highest, my servant. And, said, and my heart also instructs me in the night season. Remember, whose delight is the love of the Lord. David was just an unusual man. I said, I'm talking about the revelations of David. You cannot open the book of Psalms or read the writing of David and meditation is not sparked off in your heart. It's not possible. It will take you through the length of the Bible. He's writing, like we said, there are deep insights into the nature and the attributes and the doings of God. Sometimes you'll see him writing and we become so prophetic. He'll start to tell you things that you begin to wonder, how did he get this? Talking about Jesus coming, talking about the age and the times that we are living in. Amazing David. In Psalm 18, hear this. Verse 1, it says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. I'm going to show you something here very soon. Say, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. Glory be to God in the highest. And by Psalm 3, he said, But you, O Lord, are the shield about me. You are my glory, the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. In verse 2, he says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. He says, My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Hallelujah. And I said, I will love you, O Lord. <laughs> my strength, I will love you. If you're learning the principles of declaring what you want to be or where you want to be or where you want to go, go back and read the Psalms of David. Talk of the principles of confessing the word, saying what God is saying or what God is doing. For him is what he knew God was, even by revelation. The things he had done, 
because you could see he knew scriptures very well. You could see him quoting from the writings of Moses. He says, my shield, the horn of my salvation. We can go on and on about that. It was in Psalm 89. I said, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. It says, with my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Can you imagine? Why will it be talking that way thousands of years ago? From my estimate, I'll be saying close to 6,000 years ago or more. Why will we be saying, with my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations? And today, we are still talking of David and how God was good to him and how God has been good to his creatures and how God is good to us, even as we discover from the writings of David. He said it then. Today is happening. And to learn you something. Thank God for Paul that has brought a lot of these things out in the New Testament for us to really understand. But see, David lived by these principles then. He said, for I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. His understanding of God was simply amazing. So your faithfulness shall establish in the very heavens. So I made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David. Hallelujah. Your seed I will establish forever. For goodness sake, David's seed is established forever. Now, at this point, he was being prophetic. He was talking as though God was talking to him. And he was the one writing. Amazing David. The least you can do is to follow his instruction of meditating in his laws. Psalm 103. Hallelujah. Here David said, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul. That was David. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Say, who forgives all your iniquities? Not some. All. Hallelujah. David was so sure that God will forgive all. Who heals all your diseases? Not some. He heals all. Is somebody hearing me? I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what sickness you are struggling with. God heals all. But remember, you've got to know it to believe it. Then declare it. David declared it even in his time. For us, his will redeems your life from destruction and will crowns you with loving kindness and tender mind. So David was saying that my life is constantly being redeemed from destruction. I'm crowned. Oh, no wonder. He lives such a kingly life all his life. Even before he was ordained, the beast knew that a king of creation was in the wilderness. The lion knew. The bear knew. Even before Samuel ordained him. Why? Because he had looked at it from Genesis and captured him chapter 8 of the book of Psalms, say, what is man? Say, the sheep and the oxen and every beast you put on that is feet. So he would dare the lion and dare the bear because he knew they were under his feet. Hallelujah. Then verse 5, Psalm 103 says, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Hallelujah. I mean good things. I prophesy good things into your lives in the name of Jesus. Anywhere you may be. Hallelujah. Say, so that your youth is renewed like an ego. Hallelujah. Now, going back to Psalm 23, I just went all this route to let you see that he was a man of great insight, great revelation. So, just looking at Psalm 23, I want us to go back there and look at that revelation there particularly. How does he read? He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I know that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means I will lack nothing. Whatever may pose as challenges are taken care of in the knowledge of the fact that God is my shepherd. He takes care of his own. 
Verse 2 says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures on the ending of lies. He leads me beside the still waters. He douses and quenches my fears and anxieties. He restores my soul. Hallelujah. He says, He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Now, why? Because He's my shepherd. So even if I walk through the valley, I will not fear. Why? The Lord is my shepherd. Look, Jesus Christ came. John chapter 10. Look at what Jesus said. Now, with what David has said and with the kind of insight he has given us from his own deep revelations of who God was to him and is to his creation. Here Jesus talking in John chapter 10. I read from verse 1. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. It says to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. For And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him and they know his voice. Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. They will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the thing which he spoke to them. At the time of Jesus, when he used the illustration of the sheep, look at verse 1, keywords, sheepfold, door, robber, or thief. Then verse 2, shepherd of the sheep, hallelujah. Verse 3, doorkeeper, the sheep hearing his voice, and then calling his own sheep. How did we get here? Jesus had healed the man that was born blind. I'm talking of John in chapter 9, where the Bible says, when man met Jesus, Jesus spat on the floor, made this putum of mud, and rubbed it on his eyes, and told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And the guy went to wash, and he came back seeing. And there had been a lot of controversy over that. Because when he came back, and in the synagogue, the Pharisees, they saw him and said, hey, who made you whole? I mean, all I've expected that they would rejoice with him. No, they were not. They were angry. They said, I don't know him. But they said, it's um, on Jesus. They said, and he healed you on the Sabbath? For goodness sake, Sabbath. I was born blind. I could see. And so they put a lot of trouble with him. They asked him several times over and over and over again. And when they were not satisfied, they went to his parents, which were old, and said, look, is it true that he was born blind? He said, yes. So you two believe that a miracle has happened? He said, yes. Then they said, how did that happen? They said, we don't know. He's a grown-up man. Ask him. He will speak for himself. So you can imagine the trouble that was going on. And there was a controversy from verse 35 of chapter 9. Jesus heard that they had cast him. Why? Because they now cast the boy out. The Bible said the parents quickly said what they said. That talked to him. He will answer for himself because they were afraid of being cast out of the synagogue. So Jesus said in 35 of chapter 9 that they had cast him out. And when he found him, he said to him, do you believe in the son of God, he answered and said, We see, O Lord, that I may believe him. And Jesus said, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. Now, this was where the controversy was coming from. And that was why Jesus said, Look, there are thieves, there are robbers, and there is a door. Look at verse 1 again of 10. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, you see Jesus introducing the sheepfold, introducing the door. 
introducing the shepherd, and of course, defining the thief and the robber. So we are hearing Jesus not talking about it, but remember, this was David's revelation. Verse 3 says, To him the door opens, and the sheep hears his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. Can you see something personal there? Now, let me just quickly remind you, David said, The Lord is my shepherd. Personal. Now, Jesus is saying, Look, the shepherd calls his own sheep by name. And when he brings his own sheep, verse 4, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. So in other words, the Lord knows me in and out. I know the voice of my shepherd. We know each other. Can I just simply put it on the table to you? Everything David said of the Lord in the Psalms, and of course all through his life, anytime he spoke of the Lord, he spoke in covenant terms. He always alluded to the covenant. He always referred to a shared life. As far as David was concerned, God had a part in my life. That's why I say he's my light, he's my salvation, he's my rock, he's my mainstay, he's my glory, he's my shield, he's the portion of my inheritance. He maintains my Lord. You cannot define David's life without defining God. And as far as David is concerned, you can't talk of God vis-a-vis David's time on earth. You must refer to David. I'm talking covenant now. Let's go on. By the time we get to verse 6 of John chapter 10, the Bible says it was an illustration Jesus was using. How be it is true. Said, but they did not understand. At that time, they did not understand. But David understood thousands of years before. And he lived according to to that depth of revelation and his life was different so jesus had to further explain to them verse 7 then jesus said to them most assuredly i say to you i am the door now can you see the door that I introduced that seemed to be meaningless he said no i am the door of the sheep it says and all who ever came before me are thieves that's why they will throw you out here he says i am the door but you read john 14 says that jesus said i am the way the truth and the life that no one comes to god the father except by me in other words, every religion can try to reach God all they want. That's all right. And everybody is entitled to what they believe. But Jesus says, I am the way. The truth is this. I wonder if any man that ever lived ever said he is or he was the way to God. Jesus said, I am the way. He said it then. He's still the way today. So when the concept of door was introduced here, he was saying, no, look, if you believe in me, you have access. In fact, we see this clearly written all through the epistles. Verse 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Did you get that clearly? And we go in and out and find pastures. So when David was saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Look, I'm secured. Whether physically, I'm secured. Whether emotionally, I'm secured. Whether spiritually, I am secured. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And we go in and out. And find pasture. Have you wondered that every blessing we enjoy today is in Christ Jesus? And we find all through the pieces when we find in Him, in whom, in Christ. That's where all our blessings, that's where they are deposited. It is in Him we live actually. We move and we have our being. If you are a Christian, it is in Him we are found. Acts 17 28. Colossians 2 10. And you are completing Him too. I am completing Him with the head of open person. 
powers. As a matter of fact, that will be the New Testament equivalent of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm your shepherd. We'll get into it in a minute. And the Bible says, he who comes in through me will be saved. And we go in and out and find pastures. Verse 10 says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. No wonder they will throw you out when you begin to find your place in him. Glory be to God in the highest. He said, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. 27 of Psalm, the Lord is my light of my salvation, which shall I fear. Is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Glory be to God in the highest. Amen. Now verse 11 of chapter 10 of John says, I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Glory be to God in the highest. Now let me just quickly let you understand that all through the Bible, we find Jesus as the good shepherd in all he has come to do on earth is as the shepherd. Hear this. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So as the good shepherd, he laid down his life for us. That's why we are who we are today. That's why there are Christians on earth today. That's why many more will still come into this fold because that's God's ordained way. Remember John 14, 6? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God the Father except by me. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd will give his life for the sheep. Remember David? Because of his insight of God, he says, when the lion will come and pick a kid, I went after it. As a shepherd boy, I went after the lion. I got in between the jaws of the lion and I yanked it open and saved the kid and smote the lion. The good shepherd will risk his life. Now you can see the difference between the hireling and the shepherd. Of every religion in the world, how many will die for you? Who will die for you? Only Jesus. It was the knowledge of this. And the magician of this, that got him to kill Goliath. When the king called him in 1 Samuel 17 to say, you are not able to. He says, your servant keeps the sheep of his father. And when the lion will come to pick a kid or the bear, your servant went after it and wrestled him down and and plucked the kid out of his mouth. And he said something. He said, this giant will fall like one of the lions or the bears. These uncircumcised Philistines will become like one of them. So in other words, he was drawing his strength from his relationship with God. Covenant relationship. Life-sharing relationship. My battles are his battles. My celebrations are his celebrations. So I don't go in alone. He's coming with me. I will fight him. I will kill him. Now you can begin to understand when he said, The Lord is martial. Not one, not even in confronting Goliath. What are the issues of your life today? What is threatening your life in the name of Jesus? I'm asking. First of all, realize you are a covenant child of God. And so, look, like David, God is yours. You are His. The Lord is my shepherd. Somebody wrote, He said, He's tied up a lot of trouble in His time. Because nobody would dare say, God is mine. David said, The Lord is my covenant. And so, I shall not want. So, what scares you today? What is threatening your life today? Turn it over to Jesus. Say, turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus. Then you can smile the rest of the day. That's covenant. Are you ready to do that? I want you to bring it all together right now. The Bible says, if two of us shall I be concerned in touching a thing, hear on that. 
it shall be done for us of our Father who is in heaven. I want you to bring it. Today I'm bringing it up before the Lord. Knowing fully well that the Lord is the portion of my inheritance. Knowing fully well that he maintains my Lord. Knowing fully well that he gave his life for me. Knowing fully well that he's my shepherd. And I shall not want. The Bible says, Grace shall be the peace of your children. I speak peace over your children in the name of Jesus. May you live to see your children's children. May you prosper spiritually, emotionally, physically in the name of Jesus. May your later years be better, sweeter than your early years in Jesus' name. May you finish well. It is well with you. In Jesus' name we pray. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you.